That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. So we just finished recording Family Karma. Which was mm-hmm. so fun. So exciting. I think they're bringing a lot. Every frame was fun. Everything was fun to watch. And it was light. And it was pleasant. And it didn't have racial trauma. <laughs> Hello and welcome uh, back. Okay, so I have to say, you know, a great time for our podcast to be made because so much problematic stuff happening in Housewives world. Oh, girl. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this way back before in the first few episodes, but I still, I do feel that there's more of it on TV now. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is because more people are talking about it and more of the characters on Bravo are bringing it up instead of just sucking Mm -hmm. it all up and just, you know, brushing it under the rug. They're actually confronting it, which I love. Mm -hmm. So we are actually getting to discuss stuff that in the past would have bothered you and I and we would be in like chat rooms getting mad by ourselves with no one really caring about it or yeah it's not really blowing up into a bigger deal because the characters themselves don't bring it up and now everyone's bringing it up and confronting it so I'm loving that part of it well I think ultimately what we're seeing on these shows is that when you do put a woman of color into a cast of white people especially in the year 2020 where there is so much talk about racial inequality and all of this stuff it's going to come up and the thing is we as women of color who exist and live in this world know that uncomfortable microaggressive things happen all the time Mm -hmm. there's people that are saying like oh Oh, I wish they would just keep it light and easy and like why do we need to see this and blah 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 but like yeah you can keep it light and easy when it's a bunch of white people because they don't have to worry about this stuff but this mm-hmm. stuff is real and this mm-hmm. stuff keeps coming up because this stuff comes up to us in our real life all mm-hmm. the time all this the time. is real life for Garcelle this mm-hmm. is real life for Crystal or Ebony yeah. like or, and, and what we saw with Tiffany mm-hmm. you can't celebrate these women and have them be drunk and have fun if you don't have them paired with a cast that is there to celebrate them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they introduced Tiffany to Dallas, Crystal and Garcelle last year and Crystal this year mm-hmm. and then they introduced Ebony and the white women in all of those franchises approach that introduction with trepidation mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. And being scared of, you know, saying the wrong thing and stepping, you know, walking on eggshells. And they just approached it with so much of white fragility. White fragility, yes. (laughs) Instead of approaching it like, hey, that's nice. I have somebody to somebody new, some new experience that I'm going to go through. I don't have any or enough uh, friends of color. So I'm glad at least at my workplace, I have somebody here to learn more from and have, I can have an open mind. I may make mistakes, but if I'm open about it and I'm receiving it and I say sorry and I'm genuine about it, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. That's all they needed to do. They needed to just be welcoming and open to new ideas and some corrections of how they speak and how they come off to people of color. That's all they needed to do, but they couldn't. 
No, they couldn't. They barely handled it for a couple of episodes before they crumbled in both in all of the seasons. In all, in all in both, of the- yeah, in both shows. So yeah. let's talk about rehearsals of Beverly Hills first. But before we start talking about all of the race stuff, we need to really focus on the one gift that keeps on giving. Oh. Her name is Kathy Hilton. And what were we doing without her? Why wasn't she the first one cast? Why have we been watching Kyle all these years? Well, is she a friend of? Kyle should have been the friend of and Kathy the main <laughs> character. And I would have enjoyed Kathy pick. I'm enjoying Kathy picking on Kyle and just so torturing good. her. Just so torturing good. her. I love it so much. I want her to come to Kyle's house every night with with a bag of chips, Red Bull, bad eyesight, and just ambling with multiple pillows and and fan, and just Favorite. climb climb into the bed with Mauricio and Kyle, and just keep eating <laughs> chips and asking Kyle where where does where does the show come on again? Which channel? I love her. Does she know where? Does Kathy Hilton know where she is right now? <laughs> no. Does Kathy Hilton know that she's on a TV show? I don't think so. Does she know which planet she's on? And no. What? What? No. No. She. I want to feel like Kathy Hilton. Like no worries of any sort. Okay, so we just talked about what would you do if you mm-hmm. were rich? Mm-hmm. I would get three or four pillows. A fan and go torture Kyle. I don't know. <laughs> that no, feels I wanna like be, so. I want to be so rich that I am as aloof as Kathy Hilton. Just fucking live in life, being not happy. Not a clue where she is. Not a damn clue where she is. She shows up to this thing with pajamas because she's going to Lake Tahoe. And then Kyle is having a conniption. She's like, the rest of the girls are going to come with their glam. They put together outfits. Kathy, how could you do this? Kathy's like, but it's Lake Tahoe. This is what I wear to Lake Tahoe. I wear pajamas. Yes. (laughs) I feel like Kathy is a gift from the Bravo gods for dealing Mm -hmm. with multiple seasons of like nothing. Nothing. They were like, oh, we're so sorry about Teddy Mellencamp. Will Kathy Hilton do? Like, Uh, (laughs) Yes. You have redeemed yourself for putting us through the torture of Teddy Mellencamp. You know what my favorite part of Kathy was this episode? Uh-huh. When it came time to do like the activities, uh-huh. she was like, "Leave me the fuck alone." Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not like, going. I just, like, I'm, I'm just still so- sleeping. Uh-huh. <laughs> she said, "Get out of my face." <laughs> Kyle is like, "You have to show up to work," and Kathy is like, "No, uh-huh. I don't. No, I'm I don't. fucking rich. They can come film me. They can come film me sleeping." <laughs> yeah, no she's like, "Run me. They can't. This is what I'm doing right now." I'm sleeping. By the way, Kathy is the person that truly gives zero fucks, okay? Yes. Yes. Erica Jane needs to learn from Kathy. This is how you give zero fucks. Yeah. She's like, I'm Kathy fucking Hilton, and they can film me sleeping if they want to. Uh I'm not going on some fucking railroad and riding bikes. It's not what I'm doing. I was up until 2 a.m. eating snacks (laughs) and reading the paper. (laughs) Drinking Red Bull. 
the fact that she doesn't have an iPad or her phone, she has actual real papers that she's reading. Oh my god. She's I love that she like is barely just paying attention to the drama that's going on because later after that part, after they go to that dinner and they're doing that prank and and she's like, okay, so she's like, Sutton, why did you kick Crystal? She goes um, yeah, first she says, Sutton, why did you kick Crystal? And she goes, I didn't kick Crystal. Crystal kicked me. And then Kathy goes, wow, her legs must be so long to be able to kick you from across the room. <laughs> what the fuck, Kathy? <laughs> Kathy, where are you? And Sutton is like, no, she kicked me in the car, in the van. What are you doing? Not the dining table. <laughs> I love her. She puts the <laughs> nose drops in her eyes. Yeah. Nose drops in her eyes. Do you think it was did like you notice, Yeah. Did you notice how she was sitting at the very end of the table and then uh, Kyle was sitting in the further up the table and she was like, I need to get Kathy closer to me because I won't be able to manage and do any yes. damage control if Kathy's all the way yes. there. I don't know what she's doing, what she's saying. I mean, Kyle is so hyper. She, Kyle is the kind of person who worries so much about her appearance. Yes. So much that people need to like her. People need to love her. People. She cannot be the villain. And she's so, so, so conscious of how she people perceive her. And Kathy's the exact opposite. So Kyle yes. is like trying to play defense and make sure yeah. that she's like, I need to be around Kathy and make sure she doesn't do anything that that's going to damage the stuff that I have carefully built over the years. Yeah. And I hope Kathy is a liability and I need to watch her because Bravo might say no to Kathy next year because of something. And then I don't have a storyline. I truly don't understand why Kathy Hilton is not a full-time cast. Oh, yeah, we need her. Why? We need her. I don't yeah. know. I laughed every time she was on the screen. I laughed my ass off. She is going to fast become the most beloved Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> like, she's the one person that everybody is bonding over. Like, there's yeah. not a single person that's like, mm, I don't get it. They're like, yeah. no, she's she's great. She's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so unfortunately now we do have to talk about the race stuff on mm. this fucking show. Okay, so we opened up the episode with Crystal and Sutton finishing up this conversation. Now, Arthi, you were not on the last episode to talk about mm-hmm. this. Go ahead. Feel free to express so, your feelings about Sutton. I think I think you guys did a good job. I know yeah. man, um, you guys talked about the fact that Sutton could have just shut up. Sutton mm-hmm. was, uh, when she says, but you and Garcelle made, a, made up now. I'm glad you made up. And that should have been the full stop for Sutton. She shouldn't have said another word after that. Mm-hmm. Because when Kyle explained to Crystal what had ha- what happened, and then Crystal comes back and say, "Yeah, I get it. You know, as a person of color, I can see how that happened. It has happened to me." And she's explaining, and Sutton just interrupts her, just completely yep. interrupts her, yep. and said, "No, no, I'm, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to say that. We're not going to say that." I'm like, uh, Crystal, like, say what? We are, I'm not even talking to. You. I'm talking about my experience, what I feel. I am not talking about what what you feel and you're like do mm-hmm. you not think that i have rednecks and i'm thought of as racist blah 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 and all that and it's like it is not about you sudden that's it's, the part oh God, yes. where 
she is not quite getting it is that that conversation was from the perspective of a person of color. Yep. And then Crystal says, are you the girl that doesn't see color? Sutton gets all upset. She thinks Crystal is calling her a racist and blah, blah, blah. Sutton really says she doesn't approach it with race and she doesn't see color, right? Basically, that's what she's saying at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard. And so many people think that way, like Sutton, that if they don't see color, it means that they don't discriminate. But what is what it means really when you don't see color is that you assume the person of color has the same life experiences and has the same opportunities and the same privilege as you do yeah you not seeing color means you not seeing their struggle which is which is real and they do have a struggle you not seeing color means that you don't see other white people discriminate because you don't see that as racial discrimination because you don't see color so essentially what you're seeing when you say you don't see color is that you're not acknowledging the pain of the other person yeah you're erasing their history the thing with saying that you don't see color is is you are just adding to the white supremacist narrative that has existed in this country, which is that black people are just lazy. There's been no discrimination against them. Everybody's been equal because slavery was done long time ago. And that's that. And so Mm -hmm. when you say that you don't see color, you're erasing history. You're erasing Mm -hmm. black history, which is actively erased every single day. There is an active erasure of the black experience in this country and the immigrant experience in this country and the Asian experience in this country. And when you say you don't see color, when you just say everybody's the same to me, you're shutting off an entire part of their life. Mm -hmm. And you're assuming exactly what you said, that their experience is exactly the same as a white person yeah and you should treat everybody the same yes Yes. you should also understand that everybody is not standing on the same level in front of you they're all standing on different struggles and they are all they've all at different levels and they're all coming with different baggages and you have to be considerate of that yes and in context of garcelle's conversation with kyle in this context let's say that sutton is sitting in kyle's seat and garcelle explains to sutton hey, that thing that you said, it affects black women in a different way because of the stereotyping around black women. Mm -hmm. And if Sutton was to respond to that and say, well, I don't know why this is a race issue. I don't see color. That's then telling Garcelle that, hey, that very polite thing you just did where you explained to me the Mm -hmm. struggle of being a black woman, I'm telling you it's really not even that important because I don't even see color. I didn't didn't think of that. Like, that's what she's doing in this situation and that is so dangerous so mm-hmm. we have this exchange crystal and Sutton just kind of like put it aside we learn from Sutton that she just feels really sensitive to it because she's from the south and she's often people just assume that she's racist and now mm-hmm. Sutton is feeling insecure about people thinking that she's racist and therefore behaves in a way that racists behave mm-hmm. so essentially Sutton is <laughs> anti-racism but not anti-racist and therefore she is enabling them so it's in, the, in the end it's the same thing you end up being the racist because yeah. you're not speaking up against racist yes so yeah yes. So, so when you're not anti-racist 
the math means that you might be racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially, that's what we're saying. Yeah. So then they go to this dinner and they put all this aside. There's this stupid prank with the martinis and the drinking. And Satin feels totally left out of the joke and it gets super uncomfortable. She gets, she has a whole meltdown about it. I was like, what the hell am I watching? Mm-hmm. She turned, honestly, she turned into Teddy crying at the table last season. Exactly. When Sutton was like, I thought you weren't going to be fun. Yeah. Same thing here, Sutton. We thought you were going to be fun. What yeah. happened? <laughs> what Let happened? Them go, Sutton. Let the mouse go. Yes. What is, like she is so she talked to Crystal and then she started crying the mm-hmm. previous night. The next morning, she still worked up about it. Mm-hmm. Then she goes to this dinner thing afterwards and she is still kind of feeling like an outsider. For some reason, she's still in her feelings about it. And it was the dumbest thing. And then she thinks that they're all texting each other about Sutton and what she said to Crystal. Yeah. Crystal has already moved on and nobody's talking about it. And even before that point, when Sutton's trying to explain her point of view to Erica, and she says, Erica, you're from the South. Like, don't you feel uncomfortable when people think that people from the South are racist? And Erica's like, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. And the reasoning for this is (laughs) Dorit starts to say, maybe Erica feels that way because, you know, Erica is so worldly. And then Dorit in that way also compliments herself by Mm -hmm. saying that she is a child of the world. And I was like, wait. You and fucking Luann Deliceps, I swear yeah. to God. Both of you probably think you're so educated because you're yeah. children of the world. Anyway, so that's she where like that comes from. Switzerland, so. She, Jesus Christ, exactly. Mm-hmm. So between those conversations, Sutton, Sutton then starts to feel extra defensive and she starts to get really worked up and really emotional. And that's when Crystal's kind of like, you're being weird. Like, mm-hmm. we're just trying to have a normal conversation and you're making this worse mm-hmm. than it is. Like, nobody yeah. is saying anything yeah. to you. In all of this, Crystal says something which I think is so perfect and it's mm-hmm. the best way to also explain white fragility. It's the best way to explain what happens to Luann. This should be you know, the motto for every Karen, which is that if it's not about her or she's not included, then she feels like she is somehow the victim of something. Correct. That is what Crystal says about Sutton. And yeah. that is truly what is happening when we talk about white fragility. Yeah. And for white fragility, obviously, in terms of race, means it's that discomfort or defensiveness that white people feel when you they have to confront information about racial inequality or injustice mm-hmm. because it go it has to do with white people having to accept that they have privilege and that mm-hmm. is too uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. And so that does apply to the situation with Luann. But it's almost like if a black person says, I'm a victim of racial inequality, mm-hmm. white people feel, oh, it's not about me anymore. So I've been excluded. And now I'm the victim because Mm -hmm. it's like an ego trip that happens. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing with Sutton. That's what we're seeing with Luann. It's this inability to accept that you are not a part of something, whether it be good or bad. Mm -hmm. The inability to accept that the world doesn't revolve around you. And that is rooted in white supremacy. That the world is not what it looks like through your glasses, through 
your viewpoint. Yes, exactly. Oh, that was so good. Yes, exactly. The inability to accept that the world doesn't look the same for everybody as it does for you. Mm -hmm. It's a different reality. And they're like, no, that's not real. My my view is real. Yours is artificial. It's it's a video game. It's not real. It's a matrix. Mine is the real thing. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And no matter what the person of color says to you in that moment to explain to you Mm -hmm. their personal reality, you are so busy living in your own white supremacist world Mm -hmm. that you are dig your heels in and you're going to argue with it. And honestly, in this situation, all Sutton needed to do, all Luann needed to do was shut the fuck up and listen. Exactly. That's all they had to do. They couldn't bring themselves to listen. Sutton interrupted Crystal over and over again. She interrupted everybody trying to tell her what they were working on. She would not believe them. She was like sitting around and say, Everybody who was in on the joke, except for me, nobody, everybody else. And Kyle says, I wasn't in on the joke. And then the others are saying, we weren't in on the joke. We just figured it out. Yeah. And then we didn't even know that there was the other side of the table was pranking this side of the table. We just figured out one part of it. We didn't know the other part of it. Yeah. They're like, we were all not in on it, except for the three or four people that were playing this game. And we were not fully into it either. And we, it had nothing to do with you, Sutton. You just happened to miss the whole thing. Yes. And the minute that they say Crystal figured it out and mm-hmm. the rest of us just wanted to be in, the, in on the joke, you can see Sutton getting more and more worked up. Yeah. She starts to get more and more emotional as she yeah. realizes that everybody figured it out except for her. Yeah. Because truly in That's that moment. Her ego. I, At that moment, her, ego. It's, it's, like, it's her ego and insecurity. Yeah. It had nothing to do with anything with Crystal. It had nothing to do with their previous conversation. It had nothing to do with it. nobody was trying to exclude her. She was having a private experience. <laughs> she, <laughs> was. she was. <laughs> she was. That is textbook private experience. Private experience. Yeah, (laughs) I will say I don't love I saw the preview for next episode with Crystal being kind of mean to Sutton. But also this is the second time. Yes. So Crystal goes back to her room and she's talking to somebody in the room and telling them about how awkward it has been with Sutton and all the stuff she's going through and all that. And then Sutton uh, decides to bring her coat or something back to her room yeah and apparently crystal walks in uh, Sutton walks in and crystal half naked or something just shows up there we don't know what conversation they have because this is the second time bravo is letting that conversation be the cliffhanger for next week so we don't even know what the whole conversation is like yeah yeah. They're trying to use cliffhangers to get people to come back next week. Which I, I don't know why you keep doing this, Bravo. We're going to come back. Yeah, we'll come back. And, you know, it doesn't have to be so she went into her room. So show us what happened there. How That's does it, it matter? Why do you have to stop at that point and then bring us back next week for something that may or may not be that big of a deal in the end? You yeah. don't know. I think if we didn't have Kathy Hilton, mm-hmm. I, this season of Beverly Hills might even, might have been too heavy. Exactly. I think Kathy being there is making it, it's giving us the relief between yeah. the fights because if Kathy wasn't there and it was Rinna constantly apologizing to Garcelle, Garcelle constantly trying to teach everybody about race relations and then Crystal mm-hmm. and Sutton going off 
each other, it may not be interesting in itself. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Rinna and Garcelle, you saw the clips from Dorit and Rinna saying basically mm-hmm. that Garcelle is the problem. Mm-hmm. They're doing to Garcelle what they did to Denise. Yeah, there's some video of Rena on the internet that was she was trying to first of all, she was talking about talking in AAV and it was like too on the nose. I was like, okay, I don't know what this new accent is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. But she was all like, I don't know, girlfriend. Like, I don't know. She was just doing a lot of really weird mm-hmm. shit. But she kept saying that Garcelle wasn't being real to her and Garcelle mm-hmm. was bullshitting her. And it was like, we all watched the same show and Garcelle mm-hmm. told you to your face that she did not like you and yeah. she did not trust you. And what she did said, you want I'm gonna to come for, yeah, I'm not going to come for you. Can you promise not to come for me and not do this kind of shit to me? And Rena couldn't promise her. Like, and no. now look. And now that's what she's yeah. doing. Yeah. But then Dorit also is on that bandwagon. Mm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Dorit, you haven't done enough for you to even be picking a side. So yeah. cut the shit. Okay? Yeah. Just look cute. Do some fashion shit. This can be your off year, Dorit, where you just stay cute and show us a lot of Jagger and not Jagger. <laughs> yes. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about Real Houses of New York. Okay. All right. The ladies go to Lou's house to paint nudes, all while Ramona pretends to be a prude. Okay. I just wrote that, and I just realized that that was a rhyme. Yeah. I sound like Andy Cohen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I didn't mean to do that. You sound I, I like Lou and saying food and nude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Leah cries a lot. And Garth mm. makes wet lamb slop. <laughs> and then Lou shows her ass. Now, before we get into, obviously, the most problematic part of the show, the exchange with Lou and Ebony, mm. I think that we need to talk about this white man's curry. Okay. Do we have to? It's not curry. It's not curry. It's a kind of stew of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like a Viking stew. Mm-hmm. With some some yellow spice that he found. Something with turmeric in it. But it mm-hmm. was like a store brand. Maybe even a McCormick um, curry powder. You know McCormick <laughs> is selling that. that. And it is like. It's basically a lot of turmeric. With very little spice. And yes. it's like. It's a curry powder. And I'm like. What is that? So it I got one so little cup. Yeah. It is gross. It is so gross. And it's not curry at all no no it and just gives man- a yellow color and people think it's curry and that's okay. what it is so first of all guys listen listen to me listen to me loud and clear we need to not call that shit curry anymore okay mm-hmm. first of all luann needs to shut the fuck up for so many other reasons but you're not in morocco luann <laughs> yeah this is sag harbor the harbor this is a morocco bitch yeah. and then secondly She's been talking of this curry for days. And I know that I am getting really worked up over it, but I'm very, very protective of South Asian foods. And I'm not a vegetarian. And our meat stews are some of the most delicious foods in the world. So I really need everybody to listen up, okay? When a white man serves you curry, call mm-hmm. serves you something that's called lamb curry. It's got delicata squash in it. And they serve it to you in a flat plate with no rice, no roti, no, no naan. Mm-hmm. You better run, okay? Yeah. Th- no, you will curry. get the runs the next day. That's you- what you'll get. <laughs> because you don't eat curry without some carb to hold it in. Okay. How dare you give that to Ramona? She has IBS. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> 
I know. So you gotta be sensitive to that geriatric bitch's stomach. Like, yeah, come she's on. Fixed, she thinks the outside, the inside is still rotting away. But exactly. inside is 60 plus. So the inside is, it's aging. Oh, God. The worst part about it, it was like wet. Like it didn't look like they didn't reduce the sauce. It was just so upsetting. Watery. It was like watery. Ugh, it was so gross. I hated yeah. it so much. Yeah. Okay. What do you think is going on with Leah? And also, by the way, Garth yeah. is not an Adonis. No. Like, okay. Do you think he cut his own hair? He must be cutting his own hair. Uh, maybe he has a full bowl cut. Like, yeah. Maybe people cannot reach up there so much. He has a full bowl cut. Luan said he doesn't drink. So I feel like Luan is hanging out with him because he can cook. He can take care of her. He seems to do everything for her. And he doesn't drink. So she doesn't feel any pressure to drink. And she can have a hot guy or who, who Ramona thinks hot on her arm when she goes to functions. I don't think she's even interested in this dude. She's just like hanging on to him because that makes Ramona and every all the other old hags in Sag Harbor all jealous and ooh look at that guy that Luann is with okay another thing about Luann that somebody pointed out on the internet is that Luann keeps having this alcohol free wine by the mm. way I've had that wine it tastes disgusting okay wine is gross Unless you're drinking wine to, like, really get a buzz, there's no point in drinking wine. I think we just lost half our audience. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I've had the alcohol-free wine. That wine, okay. I thought the you said one that wine, she's talking wine about. Is, I thought you no, said no, no. wine is gross. I was like, uh. No, no, no. I'm just saying, okay, listen. Mm-hmm. If you're drinking wine and it doesn't have an alcohol side effect or taste to mm-hmm. it, Mm-hmm. It's not good. Yeah, it's just juice. It's just sparkling, sparkling juice. Wa- yeah, sparkling it's just juice. sparkling. It's just carbonated juice. It's like yeah. a spritzer. It's really nothing. It's not good. I've had it before. It's really dumb. It's just sugar. And the thing with alcohol is like some of the bitterness of the alcohol does cut mm. through the sweetness of a wine. Yeah. So yeah. there's like and a- it complements food. The food and you it complements food. Now what Luann is drinking, it's called Frey or Free, and it's not good. But somebody on the internet pointed out that there might be a reason why Luann keeps drinking alcohol-free wine is because at some point when the women are all drinking, nobody's going to be able to tell what she's actually drinking. Ooh. So she eventually she changes it up, switches it up. Allegedly, I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. Okay. It, maybe I shouldn't put it out there. She, it's already bad you enough are, that she, you already put it out there. I already yeah. put it there. She's already a racist guy, so like what else, what worse could it be? That she's mm-hmm. faking being a, a sober? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about what's going on with Leah. What do you think is going on with Leah? Oh, Leah is just again, Leah is immature. She has never gone through this kind of situation. I understand that she couldn't see her grandmother mm-hmm. and that she couldn't so that was emotional for her. And because of COVID, she couldn't go and she was shooting this show and she couldn't go and she's all kinds of emotional in that situation. That I do understand, but her responding to Ramona all the time, she knows she's making Ramona uncomfortable. I do think Leah does this a little bit too much with Ramona just to get a rise out of Ramona mm-hmm. um, and I think Leah is uh, tired of Ramona comparing her to Avery yeah. somehow Ramona keeps talking about her and Avery in the same breath and she's like I am not your daughter stop talking about your daughter and me and we are not the same age but Leah is responding to Ramona yes like she's Ramona is a mother 
She is riling up Ramona as just like she riles up her mother. She has interactions with Ramona. I mean, she was in Ramona's house getting mad at Ramona for giving attention to Ebony and not her. Just right. like you would to your mother if your mother was giving attention to one sibling and not yep. you. Yep. She called Ramona a bitch. She called her all kinds of names. Walked out of that room, went to Ramona's fridge, opened it up and started rummaging, rummaging around. I'm like, you are in her house. <laughs> She's the hostess. Yeah. You are stomping through her house like you yeah. belong there. You calling her names. If she chooses not to talk to you and talk to another guest, that's her prerogative. But you are acting out as what is causing, what is making Ramona think of you as her daughter. Yes, exactly. We need to remember that Leah's grandmother is dying, but so is Ebony's. Ebony's, yeah. And apparently we're giving lots of grace to Leah and none to Ebony. None to Ebony. It's wild when Sonia is somehow the voice of reason. This woman was yelling at people about using Wells Fargo two episodes ago. Yeah, so, one episode well, ago. Yeah, so the Wells Fargo thing is Sonia just does not want the money to stop to her daughter because she's like, she has nothing to give her daughter. She's like, <gasps> she better get her that money from her father. <laughs> <laughs> Something about JP Morgan triggers her still. But other than that trigger, nothing else seems to trigger her. Nothing yeah, else. That's true. It that's is the true. Morgan letters, if people touch Morgan letters or bank with Wells Fargo, that's a trigger for her. Through the years, nothing else is a trigger for Sonia. Yes. Everything else, she just dusts off and moves on with it. She doesn't really bother with it. But uh, Sonia was the voice of reason. She gave more grace to Ebony than anybody else did. Even Leah. Leah is so in her own feelings that she's not a good friend to Ebony. No, she's she's not. not there for Ebony. Ramona says, oh, Leah's grandmother is dying, so we should be you know she's yelling but her grandmother is dying so we she's just emotional well when ebony talks up how come mm-hmm. she is not given the same thing she's not saying oh your grandmother is dying too so maybe that's why you're emotional mm-hmm. because she's no. black guys it's uh-huh. because she's black all right so i went and i took the time to pause every three seconds and i wrote down <laughs> the entire exchange with oh, and that ebony. was yeah Okay. First of all, do you want to say that what they were saying to each other, what they really meant? And they were actually on the same page when they first Uh, started the argument. Essentially, the argument was that Ramona didn't like the P's and the C's and the D's. (laughs) She didn't like the alphabet soup. Yes. (laughs) Okay. But like also, they were literally just drawing the grossest Grossest guy ever. and, and, And Ramona basically just drew his penis over and over and over again over and over again that's all she wanted to do and then she was like she was like writhing on the chase lounge (gasps) to the man who was playing the guitar so poorly he was a dollar store keith richards (laughs) he was was. she's like i don't know this song and she didn't know if it was a song that she was supposed to know so she's asking leah like is this a famous song that somebody wrote or is this do you think it's his own song and leah's like i think it's his own song and ramona is like oh good because i didn't recognize it but i didn't want to say it so she's like and then she's writhing there (laughs) in her odd odd ramona writhing (laughs) She looks like she's it. like, okay, I feel, I feel touched. I feel touched. I feel touched. If, I was if like, you could ever imagine. Lisa in, who touched you? <laughs> it's a Barlow. You know, it's like if you could see, like, if, 
okay, so this is I'm dating myself, but back in the day when I had a Nokia phone, mm-hmm. there was only one game on it. It was called Snake. Yes. And it, right? And so I, it was like it was a snake, but it was pixels and it would yeah. just move around the screen and you yeah. had to get so Ramona rides around like a pixelated <laughs> snake. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. That is so true. Oh my god, that's like the best description of. <laughs> so, okay, so the, the interesting thing about Ramona that I realized, and I picked up on this when she was at the dinner, and she was talking about I don't like the the WAPs and the WAPs. <laughs> Let me do a WP. So it seemed to me like you know because we know Ramona is a Trumper, she's conservative. Mm-hmm. Ramona clearly has been just like she's been on parlor or whatever the fuck she gets her <laughs> social media. And she is just reading these dumbass posts of people being yeah. like, nothing is safe anymore and everything is so sexual and blah, 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 blah. And so Ramona wants to be that person. She wants to be that. I'm so conservative and I walked off the stage because Alex McCord took a topless photo. Like she wants to still be that person, but that's very much not who Ramona is. Like Ramona. She is like a contradiction, a walking talking contradiction, a writhing contradiction because she's like, (laughs) she wants to wear and look sexy and she wants to show off her body and she wants to do all of that thing and feel attractive and talk about dating and all of that. But at the same time, she also wants to come off as conservative and, you know, that's not going to be, it's not, you cannot have both of those. You can yeah, have like, the cake and eat it too. Like you can't be literally eating Harry Dubin's face on yes. page six and mm-hmm. then also act like you are this like prim and proper, like I'm a nice Catholic girl and I had mm-hmm. my husband and but like no, shut the fuck up. So mm-hmm. so but but the argument is that Ramona doesn't like when people talk about sex in a lewd way. She doesn't yeah. mind talking about sex, she doesn't want anybody talking about eating ass. Okay, yeah. fine. So Ebony says, that's okay. I understand. I'm not going to use those words because they make you uncomfortable. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's mm-hmm. totally out of respect okay. for out of, res- out of respect for you. But because the ladies keep talking about class and etiquette and ladylike and blah, 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 Ebony says, I don't subscribe to the fact that using those words makes you unclassy or unladylike. And Ramona says, she like freaks out. She's like, I never said that. I said it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And Ebony says, I could swear Lou just said something about being raised through the church. And Lou mm-hmm. says, yeah, but it has nothing to do with class. It has to do with education. And what Lou is trying to say is that Catholic education where you are told in Catholic schools. But what Ebony is trying to, uh, when she says just education, so Ebony says, well, education has nothing to do with this. I am the most educated at this table. We can all agree on that. But education does not equate to class or education does not say just because I say any of these words means that I am I'm not educated education has nothing to do with it It does not take away from my degrees to say the p word the c word the d word all that right so she is like doesn't matter whether you're educated or it shouldn't matter if that is how she expresses herself it doesn't matter but Lou before she can fit if we can just Mm -hmm. the fact that Ebony said that I am the most educated around this table Mm -mm. sets 
Luan off. Yeah. Oh my god. Luan it's doesn't ins- even let her finish her sentence. So right. So she says that I'm the most educated. Lou goes, Oh, oh, really? And then Ramona is like, "Have you Googled us? How do you know that?" And Ebony's like, "Yeah, I Google alert." She's like, "Oh, so you know Google? You have figured out Google?" <laughs> and then Ebony's like, "Yeah, I have. I Google everybody." And Ramona is very happy about it. She's like, "Oh, that's great." <laughs> oh, she's like, "I got Google alerts too." Ebony <laughs> just told me how to get there. But then in that moment, Lou is so in her feelings. Lou says, yeah. so you're saying your degree makes you more educated. And Ebony goes, yeah, Luann, technically a degree makes you more educated. That is what yeah. a degree is. And then Luann says, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard anybody say. Mm-hmm. Then Leah comes in at that moment because she remembers she's still mad. She's not done having her tantrum. Mm-hmm. Leah comes in and makes it all about herself. Mm-hmm. And she's yelling at Ramona. Ramona's yelling at her. Everybody's at each other, but they pan to Ebony in that moment. And Ebony's just kind of got her head down and she's cracking her knuckles because you can tell that this woman is now pissed Mm -hmm. because she's trying to talk about education. Black people have not been given the opportunity to be as educated as white people in America for hundreds of years until recently. And now they are in some instances far more educated than the common white person. The common white person is telling them, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say that your education Mm -hmm. makes you smarter than me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that is, that's essentially you can tell she's upset because Lou has just shat on her accomplishments. Yes. Then Leah goes away. They're all like, oh, she's so sensitive. It's fine, whatever. And then Heather chimes in. I don't know what the fuck happened to Heather. She's all Mm -hmm. quiet there now, quiet as a mouse, not saying a word. She says, she's like gathering, taking down notes for her podcast. She's like, she might be. She's like, oh, finally, something I can talk about tomorrow. (laughs) That's possible. So she says, we just need to listen to each other. Luann, clearly not listening, says, I was very clear for an uneducated person. And then Ebony's like, I didn't say you you were uneducated. And Luann says, you said you're the smartest one here. It's like, well, again, you're not listening. And that's when Ebony's like, Mm -hmm. maybe you should clean your ears out because that's not what I said. And then Lou says... Being educated means being well-traveled, speaking languages, you know, being a child of the world, like Dorit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Luan, you traveled and you got all that from your husband. You married your husband and before that you were doing something in Italy. You were just hopping around and doing all of that. Not that there isn't an education that comes from world travel and being worldly. Yes, that's a kind of education, but there is education and education. There's learning and then there is educational degrees and what you learn and specialize on. And it's two different things and you are equating one to the other. And you're assuming that the accomplished, educated, degree, multi-degree holding black person just shat on you and said that you weren't educated and therefore you were not smart. Well, it's crazy because Luann is making the accusation at Ebony that Ebony called her dumb mm-hmm. when actually Luann called Ebony stupid. Ebony stupid, yes. She's the one that said that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard Correct. when Ebony talked about her own degrees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nobody said you're stupid, Luann. You said Ebony is stupid mm-hmm. and then she goes like and she's smiling and laughing as, she, as Ebony gets more and more angry 
Luann is giggling and laughing. She's eating up the fact that she has made this woman upset. She's mm-hmm. eating it up. She's served, she, It's like it's being served to her on a platter. And I'm sorry, but that's – I'm not sorry. That's racist as fuck. Like mm-hmm. Luann looks like a fucking racist when she's mm-hmm. doing that. And it made mm-hmm. me really upset. And then she goes, girlfriend, you got it all wrong. You're Miss Educated. She says yeah. it that way. Yeah. Yep. yep. All yep. of the white women, including fucking Heather – yeah. Laugh. Yeah. And they cut to Ebony and she is so uncomfortable. Yeah. And then she tries to explain herself again. And yeah. they're all like, Why are you screaming? Why are you yeah. screaming? Why are you so angry? Wow, you're an angry woman. You're mm-hmm. an angry woman. And that's when Ebony says, Your white fragility is killing. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. That's what this is. The immediate response when a black woman says, I'm educated, the immediate response to that being, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then saying, oh, you called me uneducated when you just called her stupid is mm-hmm. like a rich text in microaggressive white mm-hmm. privilege, white fragility mm-hmm. racism. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how Ebony, Ebony still tries to sit there and explain white fragility to these dumbasses who don't understand it. No. And then. Luann has the audacity to kick Ebony out of the house. It's insane. That was so upsetting to me. And I can understand why Ebony decided to take the social, take a couple of weeks off with this episode and maybe the next one because she's like, I cannot deal with the trolls that are going to come out, the Luann trolls, Luann fans who are going to show up. I don't have to deal with it. That's what she decided. She's like, I don't have to deal with this crap. And you know what's I can really, take a mental break. And then you know what's really incredible in all of it is that she's like, she said in that video on her Instagram live, she says, I don't want you guys to pick a side right now. Mm-hmm. I want you to just watch and listen and pay and attention learn. to yeah. what's happening and just learn. Like, yeah. that's the point of this. It's like, yeah. if, and it's so incredible for somebody to still have the wherewithal to push that, like to mm-hmm. say that to the viewer to say Mm -hmm. like don't root for me i'm not looking for you to be team ebony i just want you to learn from this you have to remember when this was being shot too this was right during the uh, right after george floyd yeah this is like only october yeah all the issues that everybody was going through and her grandmother was ill and she still showed up and was willing to sit there and take all of this abuse and try and teach these women something. Something, anything. Anything. And they didn't learn. And they didn't learn. It's going to be tough because, yeah, she does go back and she tells Leah mm-hmm. what happened. And I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Luann didn't have to say black, but mm-hmm. she called her an angry black woman. Luann does say, at one point, Luann says, I'm saying this, I'm telling you you're angry, and it has nothing to do with your race. So Luann, as she's saying it, realizes that she knows that she's taking on the tro- the angry black woman trope. She's going to use it. So she tries to deflect it by saying, it has nothing to do with your race, so don't even bring... She says that. Did you notice that? She quickly yes. slips that in. So Luann, you are aware of what this is going to come off as. You are yeah. aware of what you're doing and you're still doing it and by the way it's been radio silence on Luann Delsa Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she's not said a damn fucking word yeah I mean but also like are we shocked this is a woman that did blackface yeah this is a woman that went into a room full of black people who had been incarcerated and said Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to be like you to have shackles on me Mm -hmm. why because you had an ankle bracelet and you spent Mm -hmm. a night in prison for beating the shit out of a for trying to beat up a cop yeah insane yeah. So 
Also, um, Eugene, our friend Eugene, posted on his Instagram story, Luann touches Ebony's hair. I saw that. She touches Ebony's oh, hair. Yeah. White ladies, man. Yeah. What are we going to do with them? I don't know. I was so impressed by how poised and pulled together Ebony was and was able to articulate and argue back and forth with these women. I would have been in a puddle of tears because I would have been so mad. When I get mad, I start crying. So I would have been like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And that would have been me. It would have been like Leah saying, you're a hoe, you're a hoe, you're a hoe. I'd be like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist. That would have been me. But the fact that she was calm and composed just tells you how much of the shit she has gone through prior. So she knew what to say and how to react. And that just makes it worse. Yeah, and I want people to remember that we're looking at Real Housewives of New York now. This isn't Dallas. No. You know, this is New York. And we're not talking about Ramona even. Like, yeah, Ramona piles on into, Mm -hmm. why are you being so angry? My ears are hurting, blah, blah, blah. She really adds on to it by being Mm -hmm. a bitch. Yeah. But this is Luann Delisep who has apparently donated more money to the Clintons than even Carol Radzivill. Yeah. She is a Democrat. She yeah. is a longtime Democrat. She's yeah. always voted blue. Yeah. This is the woman that is acting this way. So the reason why it's important for us to note that is that racism exists even in liberal circles. Mm-hmm. And this is a type of racism that exists in liberal circles. This is the kind of shit that we women of color, but especially black women have to deal with. Yeah. At work, in social circles, it's really, really uncomfortable. At work, as a model minority, I can be mad. And people will say I'm mad and um, they'll give me some grace. But if my black colleague, who's also equally and rightfully mad, speaks up, then she's being rude, aggressive. She's being angry. She's being um, dog with a bone and will not give up. She's not listening to us. She doesn't, she doesn't communicate well. These are the things that they will write down in her HR report. The part of it that also made me really upset is I know Sonia's trying to speak up and Sonia's trying to get them mm-hmm. to shut up. Mm-hmm. But Heather really is not doing a damn thing. Yeah. I was disappointed in Heather. I thought Heather, if Leah was not there, and you know, Leah would have been like, how dare you say that? Leah is maybe full woke, but she will see that opportunity and jump yeah. on Luann's throat. Yeah. Heather didn't didn't say much. Yeah. Heather did not. And I that was disappointing to me on uh, Heather's part. So today, I mean, this week, both Dorit and Heather have disappointed us. Yes. Can you believe Two that? Two of her, you know, not favorites, not my favorite favorite, but they were likable and I like them and they have both been disappointing. Yeah. And I wouldn't have even called them problematic. Sonia was actually nice. She said she's not yelling. She's just using her words. She's like, yes, good words, big words, bigly words. Bigly words that Luann just can't figure out because, Jesus. Oh, my God. Well, apparently next week is going to be even tougher to watch. So can't wait for that. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed two episodes from us this weekend. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to figure that. We're also in the process of setting up a Patreon. So if you think that you would like us to have a Patreon, send us a DM and let us know what you think. Mm -hmm. And also rate and review us. Five stars. And next week, um, we're going to have Taria on from what else is going on to talk about Married to Medicine and Shots of Sunset to change things up. Yeah, I can't wait. 
Yeah. <laughs> She's going to laugh. She's going to make us laugh so much. Yes. We go we go a little bonkers with Taria. We do. Okay, guys. We'll talk to you whenever we talk to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.